Okay, there's another day, another fancy intro. Hope that's working. Hope you're well and hope you can hear me. That's the most important thing. Do drop us a message if you can hear loud and clear. Uh, always want to try and take a bit of time as we build on a, our live audience. People joining us in their lunch breaks, welcome. Weekdays, 12.30 till 1 o'clock. We're here for chewing it over, discussing all things, say, MSK, healthcare, education, but then also, as you might have noticed in recent weeks, current affairs, whatever happens to be topical at the time. Now, those of you that are particularly astute will notice that I've got an earpiece in. And that's because when we get a guest on, we don't want any echo in. And today we've got an esteemed guest who's going to be co-hosting. I've said if my um, if my volume drops, if I lose signal or what have you, then my co-host is going to be on hand to take over. Um, so I want to introduce Adam Dobson. Many of you shouldn't need, shouldn't need an introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway. Really thoughtful, really involved in the sort of... Uh, the culture ward side of of, uh, of of MSK, very much a thoughtful provocateur of, of all things in that space, very involved with MSKR before that, the big R's, speaker at many of our events uh, in that direction. And someone who gave us a really great critique of the latest Physio Matters podcast episode with Jonathan Bell, who's a knee orthopedic surgeon. And in that, in that podcast, we visit all sorts of topics. No doubt I'll be able to post the link to that podcast if you haven't listened to it already, which is a bit of a crime. It's been out a couple of weeks. Physio Matters, it's been downloaded tens of thousands of times, and people are really enjoying that episode where I get stuck in with a, with a surgeon. It's been much requested. Uh, but Adam offered a, a great critique, sort of saying it had sort of given him pause for thought in a few different directions. So I wanted to get him on just to discuss that and see, uh, see if there is anywhere that me and Adam disagree, see if there's anything that I can reflect on in terms of how that interview went uh, but yeah definitely wanted to get him on and get him involved so interested in your thoughts as ever those of you that are tuning in live as i've mentioned before we get people that tune in live in their lunch breaks and appreciate that but also people that listen on their way home on the way uh, back into work the following day it's really interesting to watch how these metrics are going uh, it's available as a podcast through spotify and all the usual podcast players as well just type in chewing it over and you'll find it and we're casting across facebook linkedin twitter instagram what else we got? YouTube, Twitch. So yeah, wherever you want to find us, we will be there. But without further ado, thank you those of you that are sending me messages telling us that we're loud and clear, which is great. Thank you for that. Loving, loving that and loving your comments. But let me hide this fancy frame and see if we can bring in the man Adam Dobson. Adam, can you hear us all right? Yeah, fine. Loud and clear. Lovely stuff. Right, let's get them names up as well. Let's try and use all the features we can. Now let's let's jump straight in then, Adam. Um, well, t tell folk a little folk that don't know you. Tell them a little bit about you, your day job. Yeah. Um, so I'm a physio. I work in uh, Teesside in the northeast of England. Um, my day job is kind of a split kind of um, um, kind of position. I'm a triage and treat practitioner, so kind of advanced practitioner in back pain. Um, so everything kind of low back related. Um, back related leg pain, serious stuff, um, benign stuff, basically everything from that perspective. I'm also a co-lead of uh, a program called the Back to Health program. It's a, a combined physical and psychological program, uh, kind of born out with the NICE guidelines. We've been doing that for about five years. It's a multidisciplinary residential kind of non-medical approach to, I guess, pain management, but specifically to the back, so I'm the lead of that program. Um, we have a psychologist involved. Um, we have an OT 
a couple of nurses, uh, specialist nurses, uh, you know, so it's quite an, uh, you know, lots of different strings, lots of different uh, scopes of practice, and that seems to work really well for a particular group of people that we might see in the clinic. Prior to that, um, about eight years in orthopedics, so kind of orthopedics. Yeah, you're doing mainly yeah. back stuff at the moment, but you're, yeah, I've yeah. always found you to be a, a really thoughtful person on the sort of jobby and MSK stuff. You know, it's like the, the, the nitty gritty. I always talk about yeah. when the rubber hits the road and stuff like that, where we sometimes muse on things academically and you're very involved and, and very, very much sort of literate in, in the evidence. But, you know, I always find you to be an application man. And so I really always enjoy your, your thoughts on things. What was your general reflection initially then on the latest Physio Matters podcast with Jonathan Bell? Well, he's said, I think my first, I'll probably kind of just start by saying, I think that he's a great advocate for the, for the profession. Um, he has a lot of respect for physiotherapists. You know, a lot of the things he was saying about kind of horizontal working, MDT working, it's, that's kind of the dream, isn't it? You know, the kind of um, MDT in an outpatient setting kind of thing. So, you know, where we can, a round table discussion, we've all got valid opinions and things. So I think that was very honourable, very respectful, very articulate gentleman. And I think that surgery certainly has a part to play in some cases within musculoskeletal health. Um, but, you know, and, and I kind of put three points on Twitter. So I've kind of broke those down and we might use those three points to kind of discuss some of my thoughts and feelings on um, some particular things. Just to say, though, as well, you know, I am a back specialist, whatever that is. Um, but I think a lot of the um, a lot of the reasoning, a lot of the thoughts about management of that body part transcend the back. So I think that that applies to the knee and the shoulder and, and increasingly the hip, I think, um, in terms of the research that's that's coming out and things. Um, and there's a kind of a big drive to kind of reduce those walls and reduce the, the kind of compartmentalization of, of body parts towards particular kind of um, themes and approaches. So we can maybe go through that today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's really interesting how different <laughs> different principles the more we study them i think i'm up on the podcast about how it sort of follows the follows the body round the more we investigate things closely the more we come to realize yeah. That we move away from sort of structuralism and, and i think that's certainly one of your points so where do you want to start yeah. mate on your, on your so we'll start with number one i guess um which was this kind of idea that uh, that we're kind of predominantly experience driven um so um traditionally in, in orthopedics you know kind of the traditional wisdoms kind of an eminence type perspective to a biomedical perspective to the body um using algorithms using um you know kind of observations patterns kind of recognizing signs and symptoms i think that these things all seem to be kind of geared towards structure so that they're, they're, they're geared towards particular patterns that that are specific to particular structural problems as we see them related to pain. So I think that there's already an assumption there that, that the pain um, is all to do with pathoanatomical problems. Um, and, and I think that uh, there's a few problems with that, I, I think. The first thing I would say, it's a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. So if you're looking for a problem, you're gonna find a problem, aren't you? So we're, we're kind of, you've got medial knee pain, we're looking for that to be a structural problem. That That is the lens by which we see the problem through. Um, and then everything that falls out of that 
seemingly is about it already being a, a structural problem. We do an MRI, maybe, and we'll get to MRIs. Um, and um, we, we inevitably find a, a structural change in a, in a 40 year old individual. And therefore, you know, those things kind of sit together very well. Therefore, we treat the fault to, to kind of, you know, to treat the pain. And the problem with that, I think, is, is that the research on a lot of the tests we do, the research on uh, kind of structural changes within the body, and I think you mentioned it, Jack, in terms of the, the range of normality. We're now realizing that these things are probably a bit more broader than we originally thought. So, you know, there's a potential that, that we're kind of attributing a problem to um, a finding that may not actually be you know, di directly related to that. I think also it leans into structuralism, as you kind of mentioned, this idea that structures are more important than all other domains within pain, um, that, that this is the thing that we need to hunt down and, and we need to kind of remove, like treating the body like a machine. Um, what's quite interesting as well is that he kind of mentioned his, um, so Jonathan, uh, utmost respect of what you're saying, he's got a lot of respect for physiotherapists, but I think there's a lot more to see looking at biological kind of causes and behaviors that that transcend just looking at structure so you know how a person's behaving with that body part might infer some biological changes or um how healthy that joint is or some uh general factors to to the patient and i think that you know zooming out and looking at the person within that context um it, it seemed to be a little bit missing it was kind of all about the knee um, and, and, and I think that when you look at the, the evidence, you know, we'll maybe get into some of the studies, like the fidelity study that I think he was referring to. I think it doesn't necessarily shed great light on, on kind of um, this broad tissue based kind of paradigm. Yeah, I think I think what I want to sort of share as well, which is sort of more my reflections as well following the episode and, and having looked back. <clears throat> To it sometimes i need to hear it in its edited form for me to know because me and jonathan spoke most of that day i think and it got edited down for that podcast <coughs> with the clips and so what i find interesting is that i don't disagree with what they say and i think that it was we, we end up in a funny spot where by design for doing a podcast like that especially because of the framing of, of the questions that that led him essentially i wonder some of it ends up being zoomed in because we zoomed in you know it's almost that we we ended up in a situation mm, where yeah. given an open floor given a blank canvas no question sure. almost just a jonathan can you muse on the nature of human pain it may well have been that he had different answers and, and, and maybe would have ended up where we ended up but potentially with giving nod to some of those other variables because especially when i reflect on what might have been on the cutting room floor i think there were some better acknowledgements perhaps in there that about the, the broader systemic Relating factors, uh, I rec recognise sort of uh, inflammation certainly was was came in less so psychosocial. But again, I one of my core reflections really is that despite agreeing with all we, you're saying, and I suspect as well, we have a massive amount of uh, from what I've always encountered with you, and I'm not meaning to bandwagon here. I think we have a broad agreement over the sort of general heuristic in which we practice the reasoning frameworks um, i think we've you know, i've been um, a bit of a, a student of yours in many ways in terms of the ways in which you reason within primary care but i think that i have a, a bit of sympathy for the fact that within within the mdt i'm all right with orthopedics being the more structurally minded than the rest of us 
and that triage in that direction almost that you if you can if we can recognize that that corner of it if we ever needed specialists in structures it's the people with scalpels and so i give more i do find myself giving more leeway especially when you've got surgical colleagues that are being more thoughtful of their role within it and, and aren't harking back to a real absolutism within structuralism and, and feeling like they are the Meccano tinkerers that need to correct for faults that exist and become. And I think that I do find myself giving license. And I also think that that probably did come for the ride in that conversation is that I do, I do hold them to some different standards in many ways. And I don't mean in a dumbing down sense, but it's just that if ever there were going to be some people that give more leeway, oh, sorry, give more license to structural fault you'd want it to be the orthopedic surgeons than you would the psychologists because they can inherently do more for it now i don't want to sound like i'm being defensive or slippery but do you see that as being potentially a reason why we might give him more license in that conversation than we would maybe each other yeah so so i i would say that the uh surgeons within the spectrum of a management of a problem they definitely have a place so you, you mentioned in the podcast about there being a surgical target so I think that um, I'll probably have an issue with a surgeon being involved at the very beginning um, in the sense that, you know, they're, they're very good at operating. They can look at indications if indeed we feel that that is something that we need to explore uh, as a part of a treatment of a problem. You know, so, um, so uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not kind of an extremist in, in the sense that saying we should never ever operate on these on these types of pathologies. But I think that um, if we can say that, that this may be something we could look at in, if indeed through a process of, of rehab that, that, that we kind of identify that, that maybe the things that we're doing maybe aren't working or that this is on the table, we could have a discussion about would you be interested in a surgical approach, a sensible discussion about the relevance of these changes and, and the relevance of the outcome of, of such an operation. So I think that kind of introducing, having an advocate at the beginning who can look at all areas, and I think that's kind of what I do in my job, is to kind of say, I don't have any, any um, like, well, I am a physiotherapist, but I don't, I, I like to think, I, I try not to be overly biased to one area Kind of yeah, you've rehab. not necessarily got skin in the game for a modality. Yeah, that, that's yeah. 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 So, so, so I think I, I would kind of say, well, we can just discuss those as options. We can look at the options on the table, and and then we can, if indeed we feel there is a surgical target, or we want to look at structure based influences, uh, you know, the in terms of resecting a tear, um, to pause to try and manage the tear in, t- in the sense that uh, the joint problem as a whole, because um, it could be an element of osteoarthritis, of course, um, then then we can kind of say, well, well, let's, rather than moving it to the physiotherapist for their opinion, um, you know, why are we not moving you to the surgeon for their opinion about this more niche procedure that, that may or may not be uh, as good as things that we've already proposed? Um, that makes sense. It does make sense, and it comes to pathways a little bit, which I find interesting. Yeah. I would admit that an area that I'd love to discuss, and will no doubt get chance to discuss, because he's obviously very forthcoming with with kindly sharing his time. And I think that Jonathan will probably will be able to get stuck into this in the future. Is the there was on in some in, instances, and I want to come to scans in a second. Um, 
part of the rationale really was the fact that the context and circumstance and expectation that is there is part of what he's motivating his reasoning and his decision making and mm. then because of the circumstances in which people can see him um where they could yeah. literally you know they have prior access the way that this isn't pathway managed in an nhs context mm. means that he might be the first point of contact means that that feels like there is a difference there where if they're the first if he's the first person that someone's seeing for a generic sore knee it does feel that 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 does feel a, a, an imbalance for the reasons you were talking about and i think that's why it'd be really interesting and i look forward to hopefully in future shows to discuss with someone who is say wholly nhs or is still very involved in that a surgeon within a pathway and how mm. that differs from what jonathan was saying in terms of him sometimes being the first point of contact and because i think that that does seem to matter because especially when it comes to the, the imaging piece because i agree with you it feels like us moving or someone being the assessing clinician then moving someone to a surgeon if it feels like it meets certain parameters does feel more sensible and cost effective how did it influence the the imaging bit and what was your your sort of take on that so uh, I, I work in back pain so that there's um and, and obviously it's an area quite contentious area when it comes to imaging as you can imagine and I do have access to all kinds of imaging within my scope um, you know so two main reasons sounds very um, it, you know you've heard it 20 times before but the two main reasons to scan um, to rule out serious pathology um, so if we you know like a, a stress fracture if there's something in the history um, you know like cancer or, or anything kind of untoward absolutely scan um, appropriate scanning um, and then the, the second thing is obviously if we're likely to do something different you know so if if we're likely if a person is kind of like well you know th this may be a kind of it might be tear in this in this instance it might be that that person is willing to consider an operation and we think it's you know it's reasonable sensible plausible given what we understand stand about their history and then what their their wants their beliefs in, in terms of the rehab thus far, um, then we might kind of lay that on the table, say, well, we might, let's go for the scan as it might open up a door. Um, it might open up um, a kind of an option that you want to consider, but we'd have an honest discussion about that. I think the third reason it was mentioned in, uh, is it Andrew Cuff, is it? Is, is, and he did a, a recent um, Kind of guideline paper con contrasting and comparing guidelines for knees hips and um, shoulders and backs mm -hmm. shoulders um and and the third option that they kind of propose is if someone is not improving but but i think that has to be in light of those first two criteria are they not improving because there's a stress fracture potentially are they not improving because um, there is a bucket handle tear that is engaging with that joint and it's plausible to think that a resection could be an option. So I think we always have to look at the end point and say, well, how, how might this change management? Uh, my, my issue with the, the idea of everyone getting a scan is that it's, it could also, it could almost become a screening process, couldn't it? So, so you, you're coming in um, we like we do a questionnaire, but now we screen everyone. 
you know, now everyone gets a scan, a scan before we've even and interacted with them. And I think that kind of puts the structure above everything else. It kind of says, this is the most important part of your problem damage um, until proven otherwise. And, and I think it, it kind of puts all these other domains and, and areas of rehab that we've understood to be important. It kind of puts those below. So it's those kind of things. I think um, I want to I just push on that a little bit because I don't I yeah. don't disagree, but it's like that that is it's almost like that where it could go, and I, I accept it could. Uh, however, there's two sides to um, what it, you know how we could avoid it going that way. One is that this is, and he did he did labour uh, the point that he wants to assess someone thoroughly and be very particular about what is being requested within that imaging, uh, rather than it therefore being generic. So a screening process would almost be as if this was almost prior to or irrelevant to the assessment findings, is that that's yeah, yeah, sure. on, on record. And the second thing would be, and this is the thing that, that I feel when I've heard from, from, from you and others uh, critiquing this podcast, and it's been really valuable for me to reflect on, has been that, I have not just waved this through. I, I can agree that the, the, the heavy burden of imaging findings in even persistent conditions, be that backs, knees, shoulders, hips, is that it is the over-representation of the findings and the failure to put them into context within age-related change. And that when that's in the hands of a thoughtful clinician, the majority, I would say, of the deleterious effects of imaging can be mitigated. And then when he then said that, well, they're in front of a surgeon and therefore there's almost that social obligation that comes, especially if it's been managed by a pathway, I feel like that was more appropriately justified than MRI at the door in the waiting room, which, you know, I, yeah. me and you just needn't go further with that because I just don't think we disagree a second. But yeah, I mean, I've been a bit facetious to say screening. Yeah, yeah. No, but I get why you did. And I think you're right. It could yeah. go that way. And let's make sure we pull that pull the brakes without caveat almost if that started being <laughs> inferred. You know, if, they, if, if scans cost 20p and you could literally walk through an archway at your waiting room, <laughs> the inference that that would be a good idea in MSK departments, you know, you're going to get me wanting to picket those, uh, those, you know, whatever I'm describing them as. But do you feel that with the appropriate caveats that were employed, do you feel that that was a, a reasonable rationale? And, 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 or do you think that there is something in the act of imaging that's not being accounted for that, that also needs mm. to be? Yeah, so just to kind of touch on the first thing that you said. Um, so I think that, um, you know, so you can imagine that, that if you have a 45-year-old gentleman, um, a traumatic history, doesn't have any kind of true locking symptoms, medial knee pain. You know, if, if we're scanning to review the health of his structures and the, the kind of data is telling us that there is a high chance that he will have a tear in his cartilage, um, if, we can, if we can already kind of map that on and then we do the scan, and then, then it's a case of, yes, that is exactly what we found, uh, that what we thought, and, and there it is. You know that is now in that person's mind as as uh, as a uh, now that is potentially a problem a problem that they they didn't have before. Well, how are we go then going to use that information? Um, you know, if 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 we're then saying that these things are normal but they can be symptomatic or they cannot be symptomatic um, or as a part of a joint problem, you know, are we introducing a potential um, additional 
worry to the patient, I guess, or, or uh, maybe it's a potential that that could happen. Just to go to the second point that you made, absolutely, if um, a sensible discussion, it's the relevance of the changes, basically, um, in line with your age, in line with what we'd expect to find, in line with your, your examination, our findings. Absolutely. But but I think that it, particularly within the NHS, it's a case of, you know, how is that information getting to patients, you know, or, or within... Yeah health structures is uh, what a radiologist's doing what what are they documenting a thousand changes on the scan and are, are they is there any discussion on is there any mention on the mri um as to you know which things may be uh, expected to be normal these are normal findings how is that information being relayed to the patient in my setting often um let's say an inappropriate x-ray that's often getting relayed directly to the patient and, and we're not even in in that discussion at all until much later. So I, I think that makes complete sense, but but it, it's kind of how a patient's receiving that information and who's going through that with the patient. I think that, that that's what I, I particularly love your takes on these things because it's that pragmatist again is that what Jonathan and I were describing was that in this ideal world of which we've probably been able to create around ourselves in private practice then you've got this rationale that you're then justifying but actually in the when the rubber hits the road in the nhs when a patient is off you're often firefighting that misinformation after mm. the fact and therefore the scam was you know net uh, net negative um yeah. and i think that that that's you know such a fair point and therefore it shouldn't be extrapolated some of the rationale that we were describing on there uh, into normal pathways and systems. Now, I would always hope that we could reform the systems enough in the direction of sense to to make that make that worthwhile. But if you were to, you know, and I think that this is what my hope is that, given the right pathways and given the right circumstances, if someone was to have an MRI and then the first interaction with the results of that is back with me who requested it for yep. good reason. Let's just skip that bit for sake of time. For good reason. I then was to say, great news. Your scans come back well within the limits of what we'd expect considering your age and, and circumstances. It's not showing us anything here that needs to be structurally altered for us to get you better from what we can tell. Mm -hmm. A few things there for us to consider if for some reason there's, there's failure to respond. But as a general rule, this is well within normal limits. I'm, I'm giving you a few of my classic sort of riffs there, as you can probably yeah, see. Yeah. It rolls off my tongue easier than anything. Very, very familiar. <laughs> but... Um, when you and when you do that, you then engage them fully in a thoughtful functional rehab program, and um, and then let's say for whatever reason they were to plateau at a circumstance that might warrant intervention, then it may well be that we're reviewing things, and that's our card that's on the table. But given that circumstance, and if you were able to contain the parameters around their access to that material sensibly, as I've just described it. I'm accepting that that's less likely and that's not the way in which most people and patients end up engaging with their scan results. But if it would be, so if we're thinking utopian and we were to able to create systems, do you think that, that the imaging is, there is something in there that's still not smart to do? So I think that there's probably a couple of steps prior, prior to that discussion. So um, particularly doing a lot of virtual consultations, um, you have to be a bit more, kind of 
a, you know, kind of a little bit better at kind of taking the information on from the history. So uh, kind of looking at triggers, looking at potential contributing factors that may have led to their knee kind of being at, as it is. So, so kind of picking apart that history, reflecting it back to the patient, seeing what their perspective is on that, trying to get some insights from the patient. So, so then when the scan kind of comes back and it, and it's the, there is tears, but we, you know, we think that that is normal or, or indeed um, there are no changes that, that we can attribute the pain to. We've then got some, we've got some other information, another perspective, a different narrative that we can then explain the pain or, or we can explain the health of that, that, that joint. So, and I, th- and I think that into itself is, is, um, can be quite tricky and and i think that you've got to go through a process of building trust and getting to know the patient that might not be um it might not be on the first session it might be that you need to work with them over a couple of sessions identifying um you know so so within back pain offs and we use these kind of experiments to see if we can violate an expectation of of, of movement or safety um, you know, and, and I've developed a number of kind of uh, posters for the NHS. You're probably seeing those things. Yeah. Um, my NHS one. So I think that you you need if you're gonna re, if you're gonna kind of say, well, it's not a structural problem, it, it's not a damage problem. We, we need to then um, precipice that with some other narratives that, that we feel are, are just as um, plausible. And mm. um, so I think in those cases, um, but then then I've been thinking if there were you know, if there was a definite, some really solid reasons, you know, that person being really protective with the knee, um, they're, they're worried about using the knee, um, they, they've lost muscle bulk, for instance. I think it's it's, it's worth saying that, well, actually, we can maybe change these things. And, and maybe by then going, oh, well, now let's do a scan. Is that a little bit contradictory to their buy-in? To, to those other ideas yeah we so need I to think, hold our hold our nerves sometimes on certain decisions mm. um so I, I i'm totally with you there i'm afraid of i've just noticed the time mate and i i'm i've oh. been uh unfortunately we've had <laughs> by over half an hour and uh yeah there's more yeah. discussed so let's make sure we we and, and certainly around back pain which mean you need to i think to where possible although i don't want to abuse your time i'd love to get stuck into a few other things yeah. with you um but yeah i've been i've been complimented for being rare in that i've kept the time for a change on these shows so i want to try and uh, keep that up uh, i've noticed yeah. a few comments coming in many thanks we will just try i'll try and get to those later on today um but i've noticed there thank you to Emma, who's saying that coming through experience on both sides, the whole, you know, certainly agreeing with Adam there on whole person. Thank you, Gemma, for mentioning about depending on the surgeon, some being MDT and some being very different in that direction. So thanks to those of you that have commented. We'll certainly get to those when we can. Uh, but apologies for, to you, Adam, for having to cut this short a little bit. That's but all right. Again, I'm sure we'll, we'll, do it we'll again. have a back and forth on, on Twitter uh, some other time. Um, tell people where they can find more of you, give you social media handles, etc. Yeah, so I'm on Twitter, Adam Dobson123. Um, that's probably the main place, to be honest. I have Facebook, but I don't really use it in that capacity, to be honest. Right. Uh, so, yeah, um, Adam Dobson123 on Twitter. Fantastic. Well, I can highly recommend. And also, just to say, um, sat, if you type in, in Google, South Tees Back Pain, uh, we have a new landing page for the service. Lots of patient-facing education 
um, and uh, that you'll probably see on Twitter anyway. But that, that's where you'd find it. South T's back pain. I've just, I was just about to say the resources that you produce and the patient-facing resources that are open access and it's really great instinct. Yeah. I was telling you about uh, earlier about how I much admire the fact that whatever Adam's producing within his team and service, sharing that widely for the betterment of patients all over the, the country and world. So really appreciate what you're doing. We'll speak again soon, mate, and, Thank and thanks again for your time today. All right. Cheers. Cheers bye-bye.